Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I am your host, Dwayne Callender. Well, we have the official breakdown of the trade uh, between the Marlins and Yankees. And again, this is the equivalent of robbery in broad daylight because the Yankees are only giving up Starlin Castro uh, in, in this trade in terms of actual worth. Uh, the prospects involved are not top-tier prospects by any stretch of the imagination for the Yankees. This is basically theft. Uh, but I'll take it as a Yankees fan, but uh, if I'm another owner of a team, I'm, I'm ticked off. But again, Jeter has cover in this case because Stanton turned down offers from the Giants and the Cardinals. So again, with your options being limited to uh, truly major markets, you're looking at New York and Boston, and Boston already has their outfielders. L.A. still has a ton of uh, of uh, money tied up in the team, so that's a tough uh, sell there uh, in the intro. You know, I, I kind of look at this and say that, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot less... Uh, let uh, left to settle uh, settle in the dust, but for right now the Yankees made out like bandits. So essentially, they have Stanton for three years and seventy seven million because the Marlins are picking up part of his contract. So he's only being paid, and I say this only as like kind of a joke, but he's only being paid twenty six and a half uh, twenty six and a half million dollars now uh, per year. But uh, you know. From a Yankee perspective, you absolutely take this deal. Now, I know there are some folks who were saying that maybe you might have been better off kind of waiting uh, waiting out the Orioles or the Nationals to do a trade. But again, 
if you wait it out, you're going to give up more prospects. The Yankees didn't give up any real top-tier prospects uh, to the Marlins, uh, and they also still got the Marlins to kick in a little bit of salary uh, on this. So, again, this works out brilliantly for the Yankees. I mean, yes, Castro was a nice player for us, but we have prospects. Uh, Glebar Torres, uh, also uh, you had uh, Ronald Torres, uh, who filled in admirably this year. So there are guys in place that can take the uh, take the spot for Castro, and if uh, Yankees management uh, wants to uh, shore up with a top tier pitcher and pay additional money on top, uh, you know, if they want to go after, I mean, not that I would, but if they want to go after Arietta and they wanted to uh, just uh, move uh, some contracts, then, then then they don't have to bring back. Uh, a Todd Frazier, and they can they can they can move a couple of guys around. They have flexibility uh, to do some of these moves and still stay under the luxury tax. That's why it was so important to uh, not give up anyone for uh, Stan because now they have flexibility to start making some of these deals, whether it's uh, signing a free agent that's going to be expensive, or in what I would suggest for the Yankees to do, you immediately call up the Pirates and just say. I will take on Andrew McCutcheon's contract if you trade me. Uh, because, again, the Pirates don't want to be paying McCutcheon's contract. That is known at this point. But if you give uh, a, a, a nice top-tier prospect and say, I'm taking on Andrew McCutcheon's contract, and uh, I'll give up two more prospects to include Garrett, Garrett Cole, the Pirates probably take that deal. And, yes... You're probably going to have to move some folks to fit the uh, luxury tax, uh, tax cap that uh, McCutcheon uh, would command. But again, this is if you if the Yankees are serious about overwhelmingly dominating the landscape of baseball for the next couple of years, McCutcheon is is not exactly spring chicken, but he's not that old either. He's uh, he, uh, he's really uh, if you would think about it, he's. Uh, technically in the prime of his career. McCutcheon would be making in the range of uh, $14.5 million, uh next season. Again, not that much. Uh, if, you, if you honestly think about where the Yankees are from a luxury tax standpoint, you can move around contracts. So I'm looking at this from the standpoint of, yes, it's adding yet another uh, uh, veteran bat, but I would say... Part of that is to also be able to uh, obtain Garrett Cole because the Pirates uh, have more uh, still have control over Cole, but the issue becomes okay, how many prospects do you have to give up? So you you, you offer up the willingness to take on the remainder of McCutcheon's contract without having to kick in any. The Pirates have to kick in any salary. We'll do the trade, but you got to include Cole. And what uh, what prospects are you interested in? That uh, that would entice the Pirates. So someone uh, is probably going to uh, uh, do this deal. Why not the Yankees? It makes it makes sense for the Yankees. You get another uh, uh, power arm in there because you know the Yankees don't have a number one starter. But if you have a bunch of number two starters, that might be just as good if you uh, with that uh, with that lineup. And uh, like I said. It's a t- it's a ton it's a ton that you be putting on the books now to replace players and you're hoping that they all stay healthy. But think about it: 
if you make this uh, make a deal with the Pirates and you start offering up, uh, if you have to offer up Clint Frazier, I know people love Clint Frazier, but again, if, if this is about winning titles, you're going to have to give up some pain. So, again, uh, I would say a deal with the Pirates makes the most sense for the Yankees right now uh, going forward. So, uh that's uh, that's where we are right now with the, the Stanton trade. It's just pending physicals at this point, but it's pretty much a done deal. So I'm going to start getting into the NFL. I'll do the DFS lineups tomorrow morning, but I'm going to get into the NFL lines uh, right now. So first on deck, we've got the return of Eli Manning. Now, I still believe in Eli. Deion Sanders may still believe in Eli. I mean, <laughs> again, Dion summarized that basically as best as possible. As much as I want Eli to come back and not have had the streak in, I mean, to bring Eli back for this nonsense is ridiculous. There is nothing that the Giants can offer the Cowboys other than, you know, getting a hit or two against Dak. The Cowboys are going to win this game easily. Four and a half isn't nearly enough points. The Cowboys should win this one by at least ten. And that's not even indicative of Cowboys being good. That's just how bad the Giants are right now. There's no there's no help anywhere on this roster. You're, pull, you're pulling guys out, uh, out of here all over the place. It's a complete and utter mess. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Can't, can't do anything else but say that. Got to take the Cowboys four and a half. That line should be higher. It's probably going to end up higher, but come on. This, this, this is nonsense. Uh, next up, we got Cincinnati uh, playing the Bears. I mean, here's what we got. Uh, since he's uh, home... Uh, I'm just looking at this, and I'm just saying, uh, how soon can the Bears' season be over? Because, <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Uh, the Bears aren't good. Trubisky needs need some more time. He's get he's getting experience, but that's about it. The Bears don't have anything to give Cincy trouble with. The line, six and a half, uh, you know, I got to take Cincy because I, I, I just don't see the Bears staying close. Uh, six and a half is about right. Uh, the Bears could cover this, but uh, you know, I just don't think the game's going to be that close. I, I just think that you know, in terms of Cincy as a team, they're not that impressive of a team, and they had a very, very physical Monday night encounter with the Steelers. But again, I don't see where the Bears are coming up with 
the offense now, unless Jordan Howard or Tariq Cohen goes off and just they create a play by themselves. I just don't see where the Bears are winning this game, let alone, uh, you know, coming up with because it's going to take somewhere around 20 to 24 points to win this game. I just don't see where the Bears come up with those points. I, I'm not seeing it. So I got to take Cincy here. Uh, next matchup, you got Detroit against Tampa. Essentially a pickup game. Uh, Detroit's traveling to Tampa. Uh, the issue here being the status of Matthew Stafford's hand. He banged it last week. It wasn't looking great, but it looks like he's going to be okay for throw, uh, throwing football around today. You know, Tampa is just a mess right now. I got to take Detroit, even though I consistently will go describing their offense as John's debating. I have no confidence in them, but I know what Tampa is, and that's not a good football team. So I'm taking the Lions. Next up, we got Green Bay uh, going to Cleveland. Uh, Green Bay has to cover three and a half. I got to take Green Bay here. Uh, The Browns are tanking. It's obvious they're tanking, but they're just not that good. I I think there's good fantasy potential with Josh Josh Gordon uh, in this matchup, but... uh, Again, um, I'll, I'll get into that tomorrow, but uh, from a football standpoint, I got to take Green Bay here. Uh, three and a half, yeah, I, um, I, I think that's generous for the Browns. Uh, I, I think that line should be higher, but I, I get the limitations with Brett Hundley as a QB for Green Bay, so uh, I see why the line's at three and a half, but I just think that if you made it like four and a half, five and a half, it, that makes more sense, but... Uh, uh, three and a half. I still got to take Green Bay there. So uh, next up, you got uh, Minnesota uh, favored by two and a half over Carolina. You know, Carolina's at home, but I like Minnesota here. I just like the way I like the way the Vikings handle their business. They they don't mess around. They don't really turn the ball over. Of course, as I say this, they're probably going to end up having multiple turnovers. But <laughs> as as it stands, I, I got to take the Vikings here. Two and a half. Uh, even though they're on the road, I think they, they get the, the job done. I just think they're a better team than Carolina. Even even with Carolina being at home, I think they get it done. Now, uh, you know, next matchup, we got San Francisco uh, traveling to Houston. Uh, ain't nothing but a G thing here. Uh, I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G has shown to me that he is an NFL quarterback and the brief sampling that he's gotten. Maybe once the book comes out for him further that Teams will start figuring out, figuring him out, but as it stands, he's moving the ball, which is more than I can say for Tom Savage because we know what he is, and that's not an NFL QB. So I got to take the 49ers. They're the underdog, two and a half points. I'm taking the points, but I think the Niners win this game outright. So I'm taking the Niners. Uh, next matchup, we got Indy versus Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor is still on slate to start this game. I'm just not sure if Tyrod Taylor can finish this game. Uh, there's a very real chance that Nathan Peterman shows up in this game. And if Nathan Peterman shows up in this game, then Indy can win this game. So uh, I'm taking Indy here. Uh, Indy's the underdog, uh, six and a half point underdog. I'm taking the points. I'm taking Indy. I have, you know, Buffalo just, just such a waste of a year. I mean, they didn't tank properly. And then when they had a chance to make the playoffs, they undercut the team. I, I don't get Buffalo whatsoever. They, they, it's just that that situation's a mess. Kansas City, Oakland. You know the Chiefs are in free fall, 
But at the same time, they got a gift in Oakland because Oakland's not a good team. Oakland should have lost that game against uh, the Giants if Eli was playing. They got the break that Geno was playing, so Geno turned the ball over and allowed Oakland to win that game. But um, Chiefs favored by four and a half. I think that's generous. Uh, I think I'm going to end up having to take Oakland at the four and a half. I think the Chiefs win this game, but I just think it's a nail biter, so I can't see the Chiefs covering four and a half. I, I think that's uh, a- asking the Chiefs to win by uh, basically a touchdown. I think that's a bit much. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Oakland here uh, as the uh, take the points of Oakland, but I think the Chiefs win this game, but uh, I don't think they cover. Uh, next matchup, you've got. Uh, with the beginning of the late slate, uh, you got Tennessee traveling to Arizona. Arizona's not a good team. Tennessee's not a good team either. They're an average team. Arizona's a poor team. Uh, you know, I don't have any confidence in Arizona. So I'm going to take Tennessee, but I, I don't look at Tennessee as a legitimate team. I, I just, I, th- I think they've gotten such an easy schedule this reminds me so much of some Jets seasons that I've seen in the past where the Jets rattle off the, these wins and, they, and you get to the record and you're looking at them and it's like, how the hell did they get to this record? I look at Tennessee the same way. They've, they've played such an easy schedule this season uh, that it, you know, it masks the fact that they're not that good of a team. But you know, I'm going to give Tennessee the win here. They're going to cover the two and a half in my opinion. But uh, yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, next matchup, you got the Jets and Denver. Uh, Jets, uh, it's basically a pick but Jets are favored by a, a half a point. Uh, Jets win this game outright. Denver's in free fall. The Jets have at least the sense that they are trying to compete in every one of these games. They want to prove people wrong. They, I, I think they have just uh, are doing it to spite their own fan base because I think at this point their fans actually want the Jets to lose out the rest of these games. Uh, but uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> So, uh, the Jets still have an outside chance of making the AFC playoffs. It, it's just unlikely. So, I, I think the Jets win this game. Uh, Denver is just in shambles right now. They, they can't get out, get out of their own way. So, next up, uh, uh, Washington uh, going against the uh, Chargers. Chargers are going to win this game. Uh, it's just a matter of if they cover the 6.5. I think they do. I think uh, Philip Rivers has a good day. I like Melvin Gordon uh, with this matchup. Washington has a number of injuries, but I just don't think Washington's that good. I think Kirk Cousins has done an admirable job of covering up the warts on this team. I just think this is an average team at best. Uh, so I'm I'm taking the Chargers here. Uh, next up, we've got Philly uh, in the game of the day. In my opinion, it's uh, Philly against the Rams. You got two high scoring offenses. Offenses. Uh, I'm going to take Philly on the road here. Uh, Reason being, I think uh, that the loss against Seattle kind of woke them up a bit. Uh, So I I think it's going to be a case where Philly puts out their best game. Uh, I think they win uh, win this game. Uh, You know, nothing nothing against uh, the Rams. I, I just think that Philly is just a little bit more complete of a team than L.A. is. So I got to give them the edge. Uh, uh, especially since I'm also getting getting points on this too, I gotta take Philly. Uh, they may not end up winning this game. I although I think they do, and uh, at two and a half, I you know I I just think that that game's too close. Uh, I got I gotta take the underdog. Uh, in terms of the next matchup, similar deal: Seattle and Jacksonville. You know, 
Jacksonville has a great defense. They also ha- are playing Blake Bortles as their quarterback. Blake Bortles is not an NFL quarterback. Seattle's going to expose him. Uh, so this matchup becomes, can Jacksonville's defense stop Russell Wilson on the short field? I think the answer is no. I think uh, Russell is going to cash in on his chances. He's going to turn the ball over because Jacksonville's that good. But I, I think that, uh, you know, in terms of what's going on, I think Seattle gets the job done here. Uh, similar to what they did uh, Sunday against Philly at home, I think they're going to go on the road and travel well and get get the job done. Uh, Sunday night matchup, we've got the Steelers hosting the Ravens. Uh, Steelers favored by five and a half. You know, normally I would take the Ravens because uh, I think five and a half between the Steelers and Ravens, I think that's too big of a gap. I just don't think this Ravens team is that good. Uh, that's the problem. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers are going to uh, to cover this just because I think Joe Flacco is going to get exposed. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on the Ravens' uh, three-game winning streak. There were still parts of those games where the Ravens easily could have lost it because of their offense. So again, I'm I'm siding with Pittsburgh here mainly because I'm I'm just not enamored with. Uh, the Ravens at all uh, because of the limitations of Flacco as a QB at this point. And finally, the Monday night football game. We've got uh, New England uh, traveling to Miami. New England's going to destroy the Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, the only way the Dolphins covered the 11.5 is if New England lets up. And by all indications from press conferences uh, in the past where I thought that New England was going to let up, Belichick seems to have shot them down every single time. So uh, the the over unders uh, forty seven and a half. I think it goes over forty seven and a half. I think New England steamrolls the Dolphins here. I think it's the, we're looking at it like a thirty five fourteen type of score, or uh, 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 you could swap in a couple of field goals here and there. But you, you catch my drift. Uh, it's like a this like a thirty four fourteen kind of game, thirty five fourteen, whatever. Whatever multiple you want to throw out there, I think the Patriots win this comfortably. I don't see Miami uh, putting up much resistance against the Patriots uh, once uh, they get uh, go down a couple of scores. So I think this one uh, pretty much uh, uh, sets itself up. Uh, just a heads up, uh, there's a decent uh, matchup. Uh, a, I, I shouldn't say decent. I, I it, You know, I think there's a possibility for a good matchup. I just think the... Boxer in particular that I'm going to be talking about, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, uh, fighting Guillermo Rigondeau, uh, fights at MSG. It's going to be on ESPN tonight. You know, I would suggest uh, if you're around, uh, watch it. It's, it should be an interesting uh, matchup because it's the first time in boxing history you've got two Olympic gold medalists fighting each other. Rigondeau's moving up two weight classes to fight Lomachenko. I think that's going to be a huge issue. Uh, but uh, I still think that Lomachenko... Even if they were equal weight classes, I think uh, from uh, from what I've heard and what I've been able to see from him, I just think he has a different skill set that Rigondeau won't be able to keep up with. But either way, you always watch for an interesting fight. So uh, it, this is an interesting fight to say the least. So uh, I think that's something to keep an eye out for. So uh, that's going to do it for now. I'll do the DFS lineups in the morning. And uh, have a good one, everyone. And enjoy the rest of your evening.
the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.